0: Welcome to Smartest Energy Talks, the power market podcast from the next generation energy company. Hello, and welcome to the latest edition of the Smartest Energy Talks podcast. My name is Simon White, communications exec here at Smartest Energy, and I'll be chairing today's episode. I'm joined by two guests today, our VP sales, James Graham, alongside our head of sales trading, Thanos Shimishi. So hello to you both. If you might like to introduce yourself first, please, Vanos.
1: Hi, Simon. Thanks for that. Um, hey, everyone. It's, it's great to be on this edition of Smartest Energy Talks. Um, just a bit of background about myself. I joined Smartest Energy in, in 2018 as the head of sales trading. And I pretty much look after the team that provides route to market trading services for uh, our diverse portfolio of customers.
2: Perfect. Thanks, Vanos. And James, yourself? Yeah, thanks, Simon. Um, I'm James Graham, VP Sales and Marketing. Um, so I've worked at Smartest about nine years now, having worked through um, various frontline business development roles, um, team management roles into um, effectively head of department leading the Leading the division um, and having an opportunity to gain experience in the industrial and commercial s- uh, sales part of the business, in the um, the power purchase agreement side of the business, and also in the flexibility side of the side of the business. So, um, good rounded experiences that's all brought to bear now leading the um, sales and marketing function, which incorporates all of those aspects of Smartest Organisation.
0: Perfect. Thank you for that as well, James. So to give just a quick overview of what we'll be talking about today as we come up to a year since life changed for us all in the UK with the arrival of Covid and implementation of lockdown conditions we're going to begin by taking a look back at the impacts on energy over the past 12 months following that we'll move on to other factors affecting energy markets in recent times and finally we'll take a little look ahead as to what we might just have in store for us in the near future so to begin, then, Fanos, would you be able to take us through just what it was we saw in the market last spring when COVID first became a concern for us in the UK?
1: Yeah, well, um, the, the first kind of impact or the initial analysis that that we had to draw on was the the examples from Italian and Spanish demand um, reduction. Uh, so we were using that as a reference point, and. Um, uh, as they were the first major European economies to be impacted by actual lockdown restrictions, um, in the UK, although the, uh, the half-hourly profiles have not shifted too much, we, we did see overall demand reduced by twelve percent, um, which isn't as, as severe as the thirty percent noted uh, reduction noted in, in Italy, for example. Um, the net reduction. Was there where where you know a lot of commercial demand had had um, reduced. However, we did see a demand shift, so um, a lot of a lot of um, increase in in domestic demand profiles. Um, it was also kind of seen in the spot prices, where we saw the March 2020 price or average half hourly price on the APX, or sorry, that's the old name, the EPEX, um, that that had reduced down by about 33%. So we'd seen prices actually come off there where, where there were less kind of within day demand uh, or within day buys. overall, the real marked price drop you see was in the summer 20 contracts so that was the front season where we saw prices closing at us so the contracts set at twenty six pounds fifty at the end of march and um, that that represents around half of where our front summers trading now around the 50 pounds for regular hour mark um underlying that we could say there's a there's an indication of a prevailing kind of optimistic outlook into the back
0: half of this year. Great thank you Thanos. So if that's what we saw happening across sort of traditional traded markets what did that mean in practice for both sides of the energy equation? So by that James I mean both consumers and producers of power?
2: yeah sure, I mean, I think it's fair to say uh, it's incredibly challenging time for everyone you know for um for consumers for generators for suppliers and um, for network operators um so look looking at um the impacts on consumers first of all um you know we can't underestimate the the impact that this has had on on businesses, the overnight impact that this had on businesses um as we 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 saw customers have to fundamentally change their um, their operations overnight um to whether that's um, you know shutting down operations completely or moving to more unpredictable patterns. You know, and at the same time because of some of the impacts that Fanos has already mentioned, um we we saw the market price moving around um um with incredible volatility in the short-term markets. So effectively the cost of managing the uncertainty in our in our customer base was 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 huge so it was really important to work alongside um our customers to try and as accurately as possible forecast how they were going to um continue to use um power over the course of the over the course of the um the the lockdown which was which was obviously very difficult for all for all concerned um, on the generation uh, side of the, the market is also direct and indirect um, impacts. We saw immediate um, impacts on, on the price with um, also market prices dropping, which would have constrained revenues for any, any generators who weren't fixed through that period. Um, and we also saw that with the combination of the kind of perfect conditions for renewable production, and the low demand creating huge uh, challenges for um, for network operator and off-takers alike. Um, you know, for, for us to remain balanced, um, it, it, it put a huge strain on the ability to forecast accurately. Um, but actually, also just because of again the cost of uh, extremely volatile short-term prices, you know, the cost of being out of balance was was extreme over over the course of the time. You look at some of the other in, impacts um, we had things like national grid having to um, um, uh, take on new emergency disconnection powers because of the because of the um, um, uh, high renewable production compared to low demand creating intense pressure on um, on the security of the um, of the energy system during that period of time uh, and um, as well as I, I guess we call that the, the stick there was also the carrot of using. Um, um revenue generation mechanisms like optional downward um, flexibility management and um, um, accessing the balancing mechanism through the sort wider access measures, which actually gave um, an opportunity for generators to create additional revenue streams for curtailing their power generation um following instruction for grid, another tool that was used to um, um, to manage the system during during strain. So, so I think some of the impacts that we saw um, during COVID was effectively a glimpse of the future, where we have a um, a grid which is more dominated by re- renewables, m- much more greater penetration of renewables into the the energy mix, and the kind of challenges that that poses for. All of the market participants, particularly the, the system operator. So, um, um, it, it's given an indication of the kind of capabilities that we all need to develop over the time, which is the ability to forecast accurately, the ability to um, control and curtail generation, and also the ability to deploy flexibility, and um, whether that's, um, you know, increasing or reducing generation in order to meet these, um, these, these potentially volatile market con- conditions. Great. Thank you,
0: James. That's um really good, really detailed explanation of why we've seen what we would normally class as unusual market conditions over the past year or so. So with that being the backdrop to how we've gotten to where we are now, Thanos, why is it that prices have bounced back to their current levels now?
1: Well, um, the, the prevailing view is still that we're going to transition to a demand view, which is clearly somewhere above where we've reforecasted down to throughout the last year. Um, so we're kind of trying to revert back to our historical expectations in, in demand. Um, it has f- fed through to forward prices, but without um, any real indicators or direction in, in gas prices at the moment, the, the main driver has seemed to be coming from from EUAs, and and carbon price is is the primary driver in forward prices recently. Um, Many reasons underlying the the changes in carbon price, but the late December announcements from from our government on our commitment to the the scheme and more clarity on our timeline um, as to when we plan to show a, a linked UK scheme at the end of q1 has reinforced this long-term bullish outlook for for carbon prices um the year i mean a little bit cynical here but the year also started with some strategically timed publications from some funds and their analysts uh talking up the price of of carbon or at least the, the the underlying demand for it um but we've also had some other kind of news coming out in some cases recycled articles from over six months ago suggesting that uh, the eu would review quotas uh, of certificates to curtail speculative activity um th- this isn't you know the primary drivers here but they all just added to, to some of the sentiment the bullish sentiment and, and and that was kind of seen at the beginning of this year into recent weeks where we've seen it with deck 21 contracts trading over 40 euros a ton. Um, but, on the most volatile of days we've saw seen some deck twenty five volume clear on the exchange, not very high, but still it does lead to interest along the whole complex um in the very prompt market, we have seen volatile prices, but this isn't necessarily to do with you know growing uh, demand from easing restrictions. We are getting a bit more clarity but In the very near prompts, we've seen some cold snaps across Asia, Europe, and more recently, the US. Um, And obviously, there's been a pinch point on on global supplies where where we've had cold across all the regions. Uh, The Texas scenario in particular in the US has has provided an interesting case study where where direct challenges are now being posed to ERCOT, that's a Texas grid operator, um, where questions are being asked about failed infrastructure management and lack of investment ultimately the cold weather and the the resulting kind of volatile renewables power output has been directly linked or, or noticeable in lng prices where shipments have been concentrated to, to the regions where where demand has been particularly high uh, this has affected us here in the uk as well where we've seen gas take some uh, gas price direction take some influence from from those lng prices again that's mainly affecting the prompt period so we haven't seen too much feed through onto the front summer front season um on on that note though with regards to some of the high system prices we, we can't uh, avoid discussing you know some of the headlines that were made we're around four thousand pound a megawatt hour balancing actions or units taken on at that price and also the auction clearing for day ahead uh, at one stage at uh, 1, 000, nearly £1,500 a megawatt hour. Th- these prices were, were noted during January for the very prompt or spot periods. And, and, and it kind of was a scenario where we had a perfect storm of relatively low renewables generation output, cold temperatures leading to high demand. But we also had a combination of unplanned outages uh, with, with some of our thermal generation plant here in the UK. So there was no one factor that was that stress scenario in, in in isolation, but the combination of all these effects, it did provide the, the perfect storm of kind of scenarios for for high prices to prevail. Um, we're kind of through that at the moment, but you know we still have that relative sensitivity to to our generation stack and also renewables output, which which is usually only known in the short term periods.
0: Great thank you Thanos and I suppose whilst we're still on the topic of um, more recent factors have we seen any impacts from Brexit since the turn of the year?
1: Well um, in the run-up to the announcement of, of the deal or the agreement uh, towards the back end of, of December uh, we saw sterling gaining value or regaining value against the dollar and, and euro and, and that has continued so we've seen you know a strengthening of, of um, pound sterling but the, the timing of, of that deal and, and also the, the trend is coincided with the better data we're getting around global vaccine programs so so we're seeing positive signs there and, and what, what that's led to is um, clear plans or pathway to easing of restrictions and and therefore positive kind of global economic signals and, and and demand outlook so i think that's one side which is not necessarily brexit related but you've, you've got the the fx uh, side of things that has helped us with uh, carbon prices um additionally the decoupling in the auction has seen uh, an interesting development between the the two platforms that we operate in the uk um where there is a notable kind of price basis between the, the two auction prices. Recently, it's been around, running around the £1, pound, one pound twenty mark between uh, N2EX and EPEX. Um, aside from that, we've not seen anything with regards to interconnector arrangements being interrupted. Uh, they, they're still continuing. And if anything, we, we appear to be pushing ahead with plans to add more
0: cross-border kind of interconnection. Perfect, thanks, Vanos. So I guess with all that in mind, James, in order to sum up the factors we have discussed, what should we be expecting to see for the months ahead?
2: So I think um, look, looking at this, first of all, from the consumer perspective, um, I think we're all looking forward to trying and getting back to something closer to to, to business as usual. Um, but I think there are, you know, there are still, there is still some way to go, even with um, some really positive news about the, the vaccines and giving businesses the opportunity to, to reopen um, fully. I think the uh, economic impacts of the, the, the pandemic are yet to be, uh, truly realised, and there's going to be a period of of, of settling over the coming the, the coming year, where businesses effectively establish what the new norm is for their operations and therefore their 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 consumption patterns. So, you know, there is still some tough times ahead, and where where we'll get to see what has been temporary demand reductions compared to permanent demand destruction as a as a result of um, of businesses or or sites or locations shutting down but either way you know we're looking forward to getting back to um, a a more predictable future um on the generation side side of things um you see a lot of opportunities Uh, actually um a lot of the volatility that vanos has been referring to created some real opportunities for generation, generators to be able to lock in um, good power prices and lock in good revenues through their power purchase agreements. And one of the things that we that we could see um, um, tangibly over the winter period is those generators who'd entered into a really efficient um, route to market. Uh, for example, our um, SmartFlex platform, which allows generators to fix live against wholesale market prices as and when they see them or even set you know, target prices to, to transact automatically some generators were able were positioned to be able to capitalize on these kinds of moves in the market quicker than others and i think that we that we'll see you know we'll take stock after um the the winter the, the winter season's truly over to see whether you know, there is um, there's a much more justifiable um, case for more generators starting to look at utilising this kind of means of fixing power prices, and so I think speed of transactions really essential when you've got the kind of market volatility that we've seen over the the, the last 12 months. Um, But there's also some wider opportunities for generators looking at um, the kind of revenue streams that we already mentioned. Um, So Grid have already announced an extension of the um, ODFM program, that's an optional downwards flexibility management program, which effectively allows them to pay generators to 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 turn down, as we mentioned previously. Um, And then um, opportunities for for distributed generation to get more actively involved in the balancing mechanism, National Grid's primary tool for managing um, system flexibility. Now, the the measures that have been taken, the wider access measures, have created a pathway for um, for distributed generation to come come in and participate in these programmes in a a different way to, to, to in previous years. And so we certainly see some exciting opportunities to start scaling up uh, distributed generation activities within within the BM. And we'll be working with our um, customers over the course of the year to help them realise, you know, the potential where there is this additional untapped revenue stream um, as it stands at the moment. So that kind of combination of efficient price capture and looking at new revenue revenue streams are probably what we see as the, um, um, the big opportunities for generators in the near term. So finally, I'd like to end on an optimistic note. So um, despite all of the challenges that we've seen um, throughout the pandemic for both consumers and generators, we're still seeing a huge um, drive from particularly from the consumer side to start exploring um, opportunities to enter into corporate power purchase agreements, corporate PPAs with power generators. Um, And it's great to see, you know, Despite all of these challenges, businesses are still not being diverted away from their sustainability their net zero um, um, commitments and this is starting to gain um real momentum you know the level of interest is is really at a record high so uh, as we go into twenty 2020, twenty twenty one there's opportunities for both consumers and generators to enter into you know quite unique agreements which give um benefits for all, for all concerns so um this is something that we think could be of increasing interest to our customer base whether you're a consumer or a generator in the future you know what's this space for? perfect
0: thank you very much for that james unfortunately we'll have to bring things to a close there as that's all we've got time for today so all that remains to be said is thank you very much to you both for providing your expertise today
1: thank you simon thank you james
0: thank you Fanus. thank you simon Thank you both. And finally, to all of our listeners, thank you very much from me as well. Make sure you look out for the next episode of the Smart Energy Talks podcast too. You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and tune in too. So make sure you don't miss out. See you next time round, and goodbye for now.